Welcome to the Pool House Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Pool House Podcast. I am your host, Jake, and I'm here with my co-host Andy. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm good, mate. Yeah, I think um I think I'm pretty good. We're sort of towards the end of January and the, the sun is actually shining. So it kind of feels like we're out of the uh the Christmas sort of mud that I think I was in anyway. Looking well, looking forward to the rest of the year really. How about you? I was about to say the same thing. The sun is shining and there feels like a bit of hope is in the air today. Mm. However, it may just be a red herring as we are entering February, which tends to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. But no, it does it does feel better today with the with the sun out. What have you been working on this week? So this week is just trying to round off that third track so that I can send three tracks at once to be mastered. So I finished a couple over Christmas and then started this one because I was like, oh, if I've got two, I might as well try and do the third to make the mastering that little bit cheaper. So just finishing that off, really. Been trying to listen to it in a lot of different places this week. So I sort of get a track to a certain point, which is actually maybe an interesting point, is tracks are sounding more finished earlier on now for me. But now what I'm struggling with is the actual track itself. So before I would like make the track and it sort of go to mix it. But the tracks now sound good earlier on. I'm spending more time being like, is the journey of this song right? So it's kind of flipped the way that I've done things. And I don't know if that's just because I've, over the course of, I don't know, the past year, built up enough decent samples and blah, blah, blah. So it's, you know what I mean? It sounds good quicker. So that's not really like a, a stumbling block anymore i guess yeah a slightly different different journey for me well i think for you that sounds like you're just getting better you're improving on mm. each release and each production it sounds like you're getting better and refining your method and your process you know sometimes i have trouble with that i get the initial idea somewhere where i like how it feels it excites me but i often end up having to go back to the original sounds and change them towards the end to get it over the line and i need to stop Mm. doing that because you kind of end up doing it twice which is kind of the stage i'm in at the moment with my next songs like the song is there but sonically i'm not 100 percent happy with everything so i'm having to replace a few things And then obviously as you replace some things, it then feels a little different and you can get yourself in a bit of a difficult situation which you can't quite work out what you're actually trying to do anymore. Yeah, no, that's and that's kind of why this threw me a little bit because it's like it's, it's normally a load of creating, 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 then mixing. But I sort of did it all pretty quickly and then it sounded good and then I was like, but it's not right. Like normally I do the harder stuff than mix, whereas this time it's like it's almost mixed itself and I'm left with the like the hard decisions of is this section too long? Does this feel right? So music, innit? <laughs> well, the journey's different every time, to be honest, isn't it? You say you've you're working on your next song. Is that what you've been doing this week or past couple of weeks? The past couple of weeks have been a bit odd. I just feel like time's getting away from me and I just feel like the day ends and I'm I'm not really happy with 
where I've got to, just in general, I've been trying to figure out why that is. I think partly it's because I haven't just been doing creative stuff. So I've been doing stuff for my website, trying to improve that, generally trying to work on my whole business model. When I'm doing that, when I get to the end of the day, it doesn't feel like I've achieved much because normally when you're doing something creative, which is why creatives gravitate towards that you have something to show for the end of the day. What I find when I'm doing that kind of stuff is you don't really have much to show for the end of the day. So it leaves me a bit uneasy. But it is stuff that needs to be done. I feel like I haven't been that productive musically, but I kind of need to do it anyway because it's stuff that needs to do. Yeah. No, yeah, and it, I know exactly what you mean by tasks like that, that's almost thankless tasks, really. Yeah. But yeah, they need to be done. Have you made any sort of decisions regarding that side sort of like you're the studio and bits and pieces like the business model are you changing it up are you um, have you noticed different things or different avenues that you want to explore i think i want to refine my niche or niche as the rest of the world seems to say yeah i just want to sort of refine what genres i'm working in and limit it to really the genres that I enjoy the most so I can be the best version of that producer and then therefore the the artists will get the best out of it as well. Mm-hmm. I have been guilty of doing everything under the sun since I started, which, you know, I, I do enjoy doing like heavy music at times because I find it quite easy, but I also enjoy making things sound big. And then I also enjoy doing like folky stuff as well but i think i need to just narrow down what what am i specialist in yeah so that's that's taking a bit of thinking and sort of looking back at what i've done yeah because i i think everyone will get the best out of me when you're doing pop for example or if you're doing indie pop alt pop whatever it is any of those brackets it's still a very varied thing but it's just closing myself off a little bit from being like, if we're not a good fit together, yeah, yeah, you probably find someone better for you anyway. So yeah, no, that sounds sounds quite um, freeing in a way. Yeah, but yeah, it should mean that also then should be able to give more value to those people through this podcast or giving away a few tips and tricks as well and that sort of stuff. But um, so that's that's where my head's been at. But I also feel like, yeah, time's just got away from me a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be done because doing everything and anything isn't really the best way to go about things. Have you got a, a plan for how you're going to promote that side of your business in the coming year? Well, it just means if I'm giving out free content, you know, I'm going to be doing more breakdowns and things like that. It just means that it will be aimed at a particular audience, which will then hopefully be clients of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's paid advertising to take advantage of as well. The advantage of doing that as well is you're narrowing your targeting. You're basically making it cheaper because, <laughs> you know, to, yeah, to be yeah. able to market to anyone and everyone is the most expensive thing you can do and only a few brands in the world need to do that. Yeah, it does make sense in a lot of ways. You know, I've only ever had word of mouth anyway. I think COVID has really stifled that a bit because some of my last projects were a little while ago. 
almost the momentum has stopped a bit on that. So I think I'm going to have to think about actually marketing myself for once, which again, isn't a bad thing. And I, I, I know how to do it for other people. I just never really looked at myself and it's, it's harder to analyze yourself and work out what your strengths and weaknesses are. Totally. Yeah. Well, all sounds promising, but yeah, uh, it is, it's a bit daunting because it's not a quick fix for stuff like that to get it how you want it to run. And all that stuff is a lot of work and almost you have to take a couple of months out, which is difficult when, you know, having a bit of a quiet period anyway, but in order to fix it, you've got to sit down and fix it without expecting immediate reward. Yeah. I I need to do that as well. Once I've got this third track finished and everything's off to master, I think it's going to be four to six weeks of sort of the uh, the breakdowns and the the content and the and the marketing myself side of it. That yeah, I definitely massively struggle with, but I've sort of drawn a line in like right, finish this one. That's three songs that go to master. That's sort of like a nice line in the sand, and then just. I don't need to start anything else because I would have releases planned until at least uh, June, so half a year. You've got no excuse then. (laughs) Yeah, no no excuse and I have got the time. So, But yeah, so like you say, I I think that's how a lot of people who release a lot of content don't do it on the fly. They do it in batches. You've you've got to. It's, It's too hard to just keep switching all the time. Music takes a lot of mental perseverance to get it to the end. So every time you pull yourself out of that way of thinking, it's hard to get back to it. So you're doing the right thing, something I haven't managed to do yet. You know, I've done it in terms of each song and then I'll have like a good period of creating the content. But I'd like to do what you're doing, sort of, you know, nail a batch and then roll it out. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the reason that people still do albums, really. People say, where's the advantage of doing an album? But what it does is it allows for a break from being creative in yeah, that yeah. way and then doing all the content in one go and just rolling it out over a long, longer period of time. It gives you time to tour and things like that. That's why people do albums and they've got time to yeah. tour because they can't, or you can do both at the same time now, but obviously... If you release an album and tour it, it makes gives you time. Touring, of course, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But even just, we don't have any support, right? So we're making it all on our own. So really, the people that do batches of whether it's an EP or an album, you're then going to have to do, you know, whether it's a collection of visuals, your artworks, remixes, your acoustic versions. You know, it's a lot easier just to compartmentalise into that. I'm going to do... All of those within this time period. And it's also easier because the hardest bit is writing original material. After that, it's utilising that and just creating ways to, you know, show it, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's an organisational thing, isn't it? It's, it's planning, really, as well. Yeah. Because I've said to myself now, this is what I'm going to do. I'm kind of like, for the past two or three weeks almost preparing myself that this is going to, it's going to happen if you know what I mean. Because yeah. going back to, I think something you said previously as well, the, the guilt of not doing, because I've sort of prepared myself over the last few weeks that if I sit down and I'm just doing content and I have to do it a few times or it doesn't work, I'm not then feeling guilty that, 
oh, but uh, oh, I haven't got a song for next month or blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. That part of is just taken care of. And so going into it, I'm like, I don't need to write a song. I don't need to do that. And I'm prepared myself for that. So that sort of musical guilt shouldn't be there. So I guess, yeah, I think that's definitely a valuable approach to get the best out of yourself, at least. Something I want to talk about today is our name, Pool House, where we got it from and what that means to me and Andy. And I'll start by saying that the name comes from where we spent many years of our life (laughs) working on a little (laughs) album by Andy's band called Natives, which is still yet to see the light of day. However, (laughs) it was really where our relationship, you know, working together and a production duo, whatever you want to call it, is really where that sort of came to fruition because after having worked with Andy and Natives for a little while, where it was more of a traditional band producer relationship when we started working on that album when andy had literally just got his first laptop makes <laughs> you sound like i'm a proper like <laughs> technophobe andy just got a nokia 3310 <laughs> well it pretty much was like that mate yeah i know fair enough yeah and and he was very new to it all basically weren't you i mean <laughs> this is a lot yeah. of years ago uh you know yeah 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 you know we're talking well too many years to mention (laughs) yeah i mean just just for visuals there is actually a swimming pool in pool house so there is there is water there is h2o in this place and the laptop i had is the laptop that i brought off duncan housley must have been 2010 maybe and I think it was probably five years old when I brought it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that laptop and that that purchase sort of yeah changed the direction of my musical career uh, without sounding too grandiose. So yeah, that obviously opened up a whole world of things. And then heading into the pool house with yourself and the guys, it was just a, a very free time. Luckily, a lot of time for experimentation and yeah trial and error and and i guess that's why that time means so much to me and why the name pool house sort of resonates so well and sort of why we it was kind of settled before we even settled on it really the name yeah i mean i think we both always wanted a name that doesn't really come with much connotations behind it so you can kind of make it what it will be it's like we can make it what it will be or like the people that come along for the ride will make it what it'll be whether it's doing clothes whether it's making samples you know doing production together we just wanted a name that was free free for us to do whatever we creatively feel like and that period of time was that in our musical career was really a time where we weren't making any music for anyone else it was maybe for the first time just making music to appease to our taste in yeah. music at the time. And, you know, that was a bit of a risk for you guys at the time because you'd grown up in a scene that was, you know, quite strong and you'd done very well and had success up to that point. But I think you were all ready just to not be a band in a room. You know, you were ready to be more than that. So it's funny because now that is very much the norm. But at the time, it was yeah, 
Good point. It was, uh, I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking. There were definitely other people doing it. But <laughs> No, Jake, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was groundbreaking <laughs> what we were doing. But what it was, it was very freeing, you know. Yeah, I just want to, I mean, I have questions that I've never asked you about that time period. Like when you first got Logic, what was it like for you? Oh, wow. Um, Did you know anything? No, no, no absolutely nothing it was just a case of clicking on things and seeing what they did and what they didn't do and just going from there i mean i suppose at the very basic level i think i understood what midi was so that's kind of the first thing i delved into was just writing notes working out how to load up a piano and then learning how to write notes into midi and obviously i'm familiar with what a piano looks like and i understand which notes are which so I guess I had a bit of a head start there, but I think what it was for me and why it changed things so dramatically was because for a long period of time, I'd just been used to drums, guitars, bass and singing, which is fine, but they have their limitations and they have their own, they sound as they sound, don't they? Like a guitar sounds like a guitar, a bass sounds like a bass. But then what you were able to do, and I know this is a massive, like, obviously, but like what you're able to do with the MIDI was to take those parts and put them on different instruments that you didn't even own or never heard of before. And then you started creating sounds and feelings and worlds that would never even come into your mind before. So it was quite literally felt like opening Pandora's box almost. And, and everything just like, you know, in the movies when they open a briefcase and this light shines in their face, that, that sort of genuinely that sort of feeling, which is why... I think then we sort of aggressively started going towards, well, like, how far can we push this within the realms of, like, our band and our genre to a certain extent? So we just went, really, just kept going. And it was slow. Like, I, it was a lot of hours to get anything that even resembled a song out of Logic. Like, days, probably weeks, to be honest with you. And then you started to try to translate those into, like, the band environment. And, yeah, boys all got involved and... We were doing different bits here and there, some at Jack, some at mine. And yeah, we just sort of evolved into these sort of, I guess, bedroom band producers that, like you say, at the time, we were just used to writing and creating in, in rehearsal spaces. So at this point, we were able to record it and push the boundaries. So it was, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd never change it. And I, I don't, and it's not like we hate real instruments. We love real instruments. There's loads of real instruments on the album. Like we tried our, which are really hard to keep as many real instruments on the album as possible. So it's not like we're going away from that, but it's just there was an element of opportunity that it presented that we couldn't not take just as inquisitive and creative people, really. So what made you want to get a laptop with Logic on? Why did that happen? <sighs> Do you know what? I don't know. Um, it might have been because Jack had it. He had a laptop and Logic before me, I'm pretty sure. And so we were writing on his and then I was like, if I get one as well, then we can bounce ideas back and forth from each other. So I think, yeah, I think it was that. So it was originally to lay down demos of things. It was like a, a, like demos in terms of just the band. And then when you got it, you realised, oh, this can open up a new world. Is that sort of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think we were doing sort of band demos and then we, we would mess around with like the, uh, the software synths and, and bits and pieces like that. I wanted to get it because I wanted to be able to help out in that sort of environment. And then it was just from there, it's just the amount of time I spent on it really just kept growing and growing really. 
Were you getting influenced by things like synth and like other instruments that you were hearing? Were there bands that you were hearing or what was it at the time? I think it was the, 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 yeah, the capability of the program, really. I'm not sure where the sort of the world influence came from, but I think for some reason, I don't know why, we just gravitated towards those sort of marimbas and those sort of percussion-y sounds. And I found that I was quite good at making sort of loops, I guess is the best way to, to talk about them. I mean, in 2022, we might call them beats, <laughs> but I think, I think I'll call them loops. So as being a drummer as well it, it was just uh but when you play an instrument you play an instrument and a lot of muscle memory really so when you had the computer you were able to interpret what you wanted to do from your head but then you'd be able to move it about so it didn't sound like you if that makes sense yeah so that was another thing that we sort of well i jumped on quite a lot and you mentioned about translating stuff from guitar to midi is that the way you worked with the program first? Like it was literally like, yeah, pick out guitar notes and then just put it in MIDI sort of thing. Yeah. So, so the first thing I would be doing, I'd be writing power chords on piano. Yeah. Like essentially, that's that. That'd be it. Yeah. But even doing that in that sort of real basic, basic thing, it just sounded amazing in a way. I don't think a power chord is even major or minor. Like it's just three notes, like the whatever it is but even when you uh it's kind of two notes well yeah an, an octave and a, a third yeah. or whatever it was a fifth sorry yeah, yeah. but even when you even in that very early stage just translating that onto piano and then all you had to do then was just change the piano to something else and it, it was something different yeah it was uh it's almost like you found a new music in a way yeah it was it's a whole different way of writing music it's very hard to go back as well you know and, and there are pluses and minuses because there were times where we had to take it out of logic and just be like this song isn't working let's just play it on the guitar chords and melody yeah. which is yeah you yeah. know that's what everyone does when something isn't working there's normally a very simple reason of stripping mm. it back and then normally we'd then find the new chord by playing it and being like actually once if you went to this chord and then it opened up a whole new ray of light like you described yeah i mean and it definitely i think me finding logic and producing on it definitely didn't make it easy for yourself because obviously so new to it i mean for me louder was better more was better Ugh, i mean thinking back to it, i'm like oh god <laughs> well i think <laughs> like i think the relationship then was yeah i was very much producing what your vision was so i was enhancing mm -hmm. what you were trying to create and just elevating all the sounds to be release ready or whatever. I mean, it was yeah. very challenging. It's one of the most incredible times of my life, you know, good and bad. Yeah, yeah. And I, I will never, ever forget it. So that brings us full circle to why the name Pool House means so much. Uh, yeah, massively. You know, it's, it's kind of a weird place to make music as well. You know, I do actually have a studio, but uh, <laughs> it, it became it became secondary. Yeah. yeah, madness, madness. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a special time. I mean, there's so many different emotions tied to it. We'll have to get the um 
the other boys on an episode if and just deep delve into that period of time with some stories or something because it would be unbelievable absolutely i'm trying to refrain a little bit and not go too yeah, much yeah. into it because there's plenty of time and different episodes for that and i, I wouldn't want to sum up that whole time period in such a short amount of time but yeah i'll, I'll say what that did though is define an era of our songwriting i guess i should mention that i was also there through the whole writing process it was a very equal process in that sense but then what's interesting is as the album went on and we had fewer songs we were working slightly differently at the beginning it was very much you have this sketch it is a vibe here you go can you make this better by the end, it was more yeah. like we were more on a level in terms of how do we both get this over the line? I suppose that, that is kind of, in my mind, that just sort of just conjured up the image of like, from the start to the end, we sort of entered at different times in terms of our, I don't know what you call it. Like, I just got logic. You knew how do you do it all, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, we sort of left together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And which is sort of brings us to sort of where we are now, really, with the with Pool House. Yeah, and it's interesting because now when I'm working on my own stuff, it's not quite the other way around because I'd say your strengths still lie in ideas and mine oh, yeah. are stronger in refining ideas. So that's often why I struggle to get an idea over the line personally. I find it easier to listen to someone else's music and be like, this can be better if you just did this. Whereas you're best at just being like, here's a palette. Can you make the mm -hmm. palette broader? Or, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where the difference between us is. And hopefully that's why we work well together. Definitely. Going forward, we haven't done many production things together. We've done a couple, actually, which were nestled in that time, if you remember. They were more bandy, mm. and it was more like you were just on the ride. We did the Arcadians and we did Vince. Yeah, yeah, yeah We yeah. did those. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But we also did some pop sessions during that time. Yeah, we did. And came up with some really cool stuff. But, I mean, naturally, it's kind of changed because you were coming up and staying more... You know, our lives have changed a bit since then and, you know, we're talking more, but we're not, or should I say, talking just as much, but yeah, not actually being in the same room as much. And that that's one thing I would like to change this year. I would like to get back in a room together because I do yeah. miss that sort of human interaction. Of course, you can do many things remotely and that has come on leaps and bounds since I still don't think it replaces in the room. It though. doesn't. It definitely doesn't because there's something, it's an energy you can't feel across a Zoom call. Doesn't or it, work. It just, it's not quite there. Meetings on, on video call I don't think work either because no. it's just, you need to be in the same room. You need to get all on the same wavelength. And I think, and that's, it's quite literal as well, like wavelength. Like you need to be in tune with yeah. each other. So yeah, 100% we need to get in the room more. I like to get in the room with other people as well. Yeah, like for just sure. Really just open the doors to the pool house, really. Yeah, absolutely. Just a quick break to let you know, if you're looking for some free stems, sample packs, production, production breakdowns, breakdowns, you can find some over at poolhouse.com. Now back to the episode. <laughs> it's funny. The two things I'm going to talk about, which why pool house means a lot to me, are two things that 
have not been released, but <laughs> so they probably shouldn't mean so much. Um, <laughs> another album I recorded was with Max Britton, formerly of Death of Anna. I, I don't know how many years ago now, but yeah, it was a. Uh, I think it's one of the only other times I spent recording in the pool house. I didn't know we were sharing the pool house at that yeah. time. <laughs> and yeah that whole album was recorded it's got like there's a little saunery bit also we did a lot of diary room entries which is still see the light of day i've got tons and tons of footage of us basically looking overweight and ill <laughs> ill <laughs> ill is what i was gonna say Ill. Uh, from just not sleeping enough and working so hard to get music made basically anyway i digress but yeah i i made this album which was kind of bonnie Vare cabin in the woods kind of inspired and it was just another time period where i felt like i elevated as a producer and, and sort of worked out when an artist came to me and said i want to do this or i want to recreate something similar to this or be inspired by this how to actually do that and deliver that for an artist that was around the time which i actually became confident in my ability to do that so i mean it's a it's an album i'm very proud of i don't know if you'll ever see the light of day it's not up to me oh, surely. it's not up to me no, but, no. Um, yeah that's not to put pressure on on max either and i am also in a production duo with max and we work together on stuff so that's kind of the link with the pool house name anyway it's sort of a time period that really defined a certain confidence into and growing as a musician ideas man you know mixer producer all yeah. the hats that you have to wear that was sort of where i grew where it was born yeah, where it was born. Like it's just, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah home good... it needs one of those blue plaques that they put outside like <laughs> people of importance is how like houses like <laughs> yes yeah, i mean that's a beautiful way to describe it is where it was born i'm sure we'll get back to it at some point but whether we ever do anything else in there ever again is hard to say i mean just a little uh update actually at the end i mean how is it is it i mean i take it it's still there pool house is it it is still there but it's drastically changed Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. It's like when you get to the end of a box set and there's only one episode left, you don't want to watch it because then, then it is over. I don't want to see it. How, how badly has it changed? Well, not badly. How much has no, it changed? No, it's, it's, cha it's changed a lot, but there's still room to work down there. But is the water still in it? The water's still there. It needs okay. some work, but it's still there. But yeah, I mean, I'm about. The reason I say that is I'm about to put my masonette uh on the market so i might be moving and that will mean that i have a new studio so it might mean oh here we go this is this is hot off the it press is. come on then if i can tell me about this what's going uh, on well yeah we're basically about to put it on the market so if anyone wants to buy it so if anyone <laughs> wants to buy it right now hit me up um but yeah so have you found a place with the studio not yet but that's the plan but you will be moving your studio to your new premises fingers crossed that's the plan you know wow this is too much change <laughs> let's just go back to the pool house is the bar still there yeah it's still there 
Just it just uh, looks hot it just tub? looks different. No hot tub. Whoa, here we go. No hot tub. Yeah. What's this, what's in place Nothing. of the hot tub? Just gone. Sauna? Still there, I think. <laughs> the, the, like the the changing room slash toilet area? Yeah, that's still there, but it's changed. That's it's changed configuration. Upgrade. Do you like have to get like keys for your lockers now and stuff? <laughs> Is it upgrade? Not quite, but uh yeah, it's, what about the gym? Yeah, gym's gone. Got what? Yes, been converted to like a one bed flat. I mean, could have done that like seven years ago when we were kipping on the floor. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So the pool house has changed and the studio is moving. Well, that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> but see you later. But everyone. I mean, <laughs> but I mean. I think that will mean that the name means more going forward, to be honest, because you'll just remember that's where it's born. That was beautiful, man. <laughs> that was beautiful. Cut that out. That's the tagline. <laughs> right, let's move on to song of the week or tune of the week. We need a jingle. Andy, we need a jingle. <laughs> I want for tune of the week jingle. Yeah. Yeah, I can probably, uh, probably whip something up. I've actually got an idea. What I, I'm not going to reveal it here on the podcast. We'll save it. Let's hope it's in there next time. Okay. What is your tune of the week? Tune of the week this week is You've Got to Let Go If You Want to Be Free, which is the new song by Disclosure and Zed. Nice. Um, it came out well, literally today. Yeah, I had listened to it this morning. I mean, I love Disclosure. Not too familiar with Zed, but I just love some of the sounds in it. They just make such good songs that aren't overly humongous but they're just vibey and, and just some of the sounds are just I, just I don't know they're just so nice just listen to the track i haven't heard it yet but definitely one of their strengths is just being like you can literally count the sounds on on your hand and mm. they just they know how to let a song breathe which you know that's something i still have to teach myself or learn you know there's many different styles of production but they they know how to choose and pick and then know when to stop. They also know how to keep the song interesting yeah, throughout yeah, the track yeah. as well, which is, it's a real art, you know, they've, they've mastered that. But yeah, the calibre of sounds is great. The, the songs, the, the track's great as well. So um, yeah, you've got to let go if you want to be free. Disclosure and Zed. I'm going to pick a very different song to you this week. It's a song that lyrically just hits the nail on the head for me personally. Sometimes when I'm feeling a bit me and I'm not feeling like I belong or I'm feeling a bit different or whatever it is. It's a song called Social Cues by Tizo Touchdown. And Easy for you to say. And he is a character. Let me just put it that way. If anyone gets 10 minutes, please go watch his in the cave with Kenny Beats. It's basically this YouTube series which Kenny Beats does and it's just artists come in and they just have like a short amount of time to like make something. There's no end goal. It's just like, let's make something. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's whatever. But the guy comes in. First of all, he has nails in his hair, which is mad. Yeah, but, I've just got a picture up. Yeah, and it's just so funny. And it's it's actually what he comes out with is actually like weirdly amazing, but it is He's just out there. But yeah, I love the song and it's kind of got like a punky feel to it, which always speaks to me. 
it's just a bit of a enigma and yeah I, I gravitate towards people like that because it's almost like I wish I could be a bit more like that <laughs> so I see myself in that but I don't have the same amount of confidence just to be like effort I'm gonna do that or enough nails exactly so this is social cues by Tizo touchdown so Andy you mentioned you got your next few releases sorted out when's your next one coming out i know you haven't announced it on the socials but this is hot (laughs) off the press (laughs) yeah honestly getting early pre-save if you're a pool house member um no it's next one is next friday february the 4th uh so yeah that means i should probably do something um so i will um but yeah it's called germany and it's out next friday where'd the name come from this is going to be really underwhelming. Okay. It's, it, it, it adds intrigue. You can leave it at that. Shall I tell you on the next episode once it tracks out? Let's leave it at that. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have just finished my Play It Cool production breakdown. So I'll be posting that very soon. If I haven't already posted it by the time this is out. But please check that out over at poolhouse.com. Yeah, I guess. What are you up to this weekend, Andy? What am I up to this weekend? Uh, nothing planned, actually. It's a it's a free weekend, so I'm sure it will get full up with different bits and pieces. So. As always. Shall I yeah. tell you what I'm doing? Yeah, go on then. I'm going for a Christmas dinner. <laughs> you should have you should have done a guessing game. Would never have got <laughs> never have guessed that. No, basically, you know, around the time of Christmas, we were supposed to have like I think it's like 22 people going for a Christmas meal. It isn't an actual Christmas dinner. We're they're not doing a Christmas dinner menu anymore. But you know, it's uh, <laughs> obviously it's a uh, yeah, it's a big meet up with a few people. Some future guests will be there as well. So yeah, it should okay. be a good night. Uh, crackers and party hats or not i don't know if he's providing that but we are doing secret santa because well obviously can you feed back next time because i want to know how christmasy this meal is or if it's yeah. just a meal i want to know as well to be honest but secret santa does does suggest it might be christmasy so also i mean it's potentially quite busy then uh it's my youngest nephew's birthday and also my wife's birthday next week so i better get myself sorted <laughs> <laughs> to be quite honest with you yes mate yeah i'd uh, i'd get down the garage now and get the uh, flowers <laughs> no, no no you don't want to get them too early otherwise they'll die by the time you give it to them yeah okay that's, <laughs> that's his thought process jesse if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> she does actually listen so yeah maybe i have to but cut you, ed- you edit this so you could just cut it out to you I going know. yeah i'm just gonna do all this fancy stuff <laughs> So much planned for a birthday next week. What day is her birthday? Uh, it is Tuesday. The 1st of February. Correct. Ah. All right, well, let's leave it at that and I'll let you go, mate. Good to chat as always and speak to you next week. Stay good. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard today please hit the follow or subscribe button to be notified about future episodes you can massively help us out by leaving a review and sharing with your friends and family is also a beautiful way to help us grow 
As always, we'd love to hear from you, so don't be a stranger. We want to build a community and we want you to be a part of it. Until the next one, stay good. good.